Hi, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, hopefully <laughs> over the age of 18. <laughs> Welcome to another great show for guys. Roundtable show with me, Joe Theo, AG Nitro, Darth Pat, and Coach Jeremy. So, Yay. Pat, Pat, real I, got quick, a name. I, have a question, I have a question for you. I forgot to ask you this the other week since we've been gone for so long. Um, did you um, create your lightsaber yet? What kind of style did you pick? <laughs> are you going like Kylo Renish or are you going old school? <laughs> you know, Good job. I was, trying, I was trying to remain straight faced and, you know. <laughs> that is, you already not, made him laugh, Theo. Good job. Non um, As a matter of fact, I went down to Florida and I was going there with the full intention since Disney World reopened this past week. Of going to the lightsaber building emporium, whatever it's called down there. <laughs> but I must have made a wrong turn. <laughs> and suddenly I found myself somewhere near the WWE performance center. <laughs> and they were seeing me um. eye for an eye, man. <laughs> and you're able to say. I didn't get out completely unscathed. <laughs> and for those of you listening, well, um, we just got a close-up of Pat's disgusting eyeball because I believe he had some surgery. I can't lie. You did not see my eyeball because you can't see <laughs> my eyeball, you stupid bastard. It's on my fucking head. God, you don't even know body parts, man. But anyway, okay. yes, I had I'm sorry. my eyelids. <laughs> I had my eyelids surgically sliced open this past week uh, to hopefully correct something that is honest to God, apparently, called floppy eyelid syndrome. <laughs> apparently, that's the actual technical term. When I was seeing my primary doctor about it, he even confirmed that yes, that's the proper term for it. But yeah, so I had an interesting week uh, in that I had you know minor surgery performed on my eyelid. And now it's still healing. Let's see if it corrects the problem. God, I hope so. I'd really like to be able to go back to wearing contact lenses. I well, kind of like the original floppy, floppy cock syndrome. Yeah, yeah, that'd be horrible, <laughs> actually. Um, actually. But I was like in your original story, beginning. <laughs> he he lost in an eye versus eye match versus Marco Stunt. <laughs> Little bastard was too small. I never saw him. <laughs> You must have had a ten foot ladder to get the pad. Jesus, like four foot eleven. Uh, no, I, I think he spiked my drink. So you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, uh huh. Well, spiked then. your drink. That's what it was. He roofied you. I mean, I was put under briefly, and let me tell you something. You remember what? You know, I don't know what I remember about being put under. Nothing. It's just all of a sudden I was like lying there, and I was like just like lying, waiting for them to start, whatever. And then the next thing I knew, I was awake, and they were asking me to, like, kind of, you know, slightly shift my body, and I could feel them, like, sewing it back up. So I was like, oh, they've already done everything. How about that? I am not a big fan of being put under for any kind of procedure. I, I was put under either. for my wisdom teeth, and I literally, after having my wisdom teeth taken out, when I came to, I woke up and I cried. 
Like it freaks me out. Like I, cause I don't know where the hell I am because I don't remember falling asleep and I don't know where I was and what, where I am and what the fuck am I doing here? So I, I freak out and I cry. So See, it was the only thing I was slightly apprehensive about cause it, it isn't like major surgery or anything, but it was the first time in my 39 years of life that I have been put under. So I just was kind of like nervous about the experience. But the thing of it was, is that, you know, the place where I was when they, when I went under and the place where I was, where I woke up was the exact same place. And it must not have been that powerful of a, an anesthesia or whatever, because I didn't really ever sense that I was like, you know, not aware of where I was or my faculties or anything like that. Yeah. I felt a little just like, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, but nothing like spaced out or anything like that. So when I was, 16 i broke my ankle completely like broke both bones and i had to have surgery did you get and... pulmonized did you get <laughs> that how you broke your ankle you got pulmonized i uh, know i was playing basketball <laughs> so i jeremy's oh. not as anywhere near as much of a control freak as me so me i don't like being put to sleep either because i don't know what i don't like not knowing what's going on so the first time they did it i was very like I didn't want them to do it. So then a year later, I had to go back and have the pins like taken out of my ankle. And I was very antsy. And they were like, they gave me something. And they're like, that was the equivalent of a six pack of beer. And it calmed me down a lot. I bet. <laughs> Considering you're, you're, you're uh, the local lightweight of the group. And they, I'm right there behind you, though, with one extra beer. <laughs> Like, oh my god, well, I was also 16, Jeremy, so I had never drank at that point either. Then, so I, I didn't know, but they, I remember them telling me I had really good hemoglobin, and I'm like, Yeah, well, I'm not giving blood away, nobody's, I'm not voluntarily sticking a, a needle in me ever. So, I do remember <laughs> them saying I should donate blood because I have really good hemoglobin, and I'm like, Not gonna happen. I've been oh, under okay. multiple times, and it is what it is. Just put me under and get it the fuck done. That's all I cared about. <laughs> I just wanted oh, to know when good. I was going to sleep. That's good oh, for we're just you, gonna man. Give you... I... They were just like, oh, we're just going to give you some oxygen. I'm like, no, this isn't oxygen. I'm going to be in sleep in about 10 seconds. She's like, no, boom, I was out. Yeah, yeah, bullshit. Just tell me when you're putting it on so I know when I'm ready. <laughs> well, yeah, the very first time oh, I was, was ever put under was for... Uh, to have my tonsils taken out when I was like five years old, when they still did that. If you got tonsillitis, like they, you got it once and they're like, Oh, we'll take your tonsils out. Boom. That was the first time I was put under. And I remember waking up freaked out then too. And one of my aunts was there at the hospital when I woke up and she like calmed me down. I remember. So yeah, it doesn't work well for me. It just, I it just, like I said, waking up, not knowing I fell asleep and then waking up from wherever the hell I just was. It just, like I said, it freaks me out. But so how have you guys been? Since oh, I was peachy. away on vacation. Peachy. Fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, peachy, fine. No stories. He's eyed. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Bad it was. See, I liked your original story. Yeah. You were driving to Florida, got lost, performing. Yeah, that you should have stayed with that one. You should have just left it at that. Well, I tried to add more to it. <laughs> To, to make it keep going, but he kind of ruined it. Well, uh, yeah, you know why? Because I am the controller of my story. You not are. You, not you, right. you. 
<laughs> I am the controller of my story. <laughs> Such a pun. Funny pun pun. Yes. Every time you say I am, just going to be like pointing to my eye here. <laughs> You know, that's like the joke of like, you know, when, you know, organizations get together for like their meeting and they said, so-and-so will read the minutes of our last meeting. And they get up and they go, 801, 802, <laughs> 803. Yeah, that's the equivalent of what you're doing right now, if you're just going to keep on. That. It's, it's, it's already I see, old. we keep on, keep on doing it. It's, it's, it's okay. I, I got a kick out of that, what you were just doing. I would have laughed all day at a... At a uh, joke like that because somebody I... is actually doing fireworks here oh cool <laughs> fantastic july 4th so, all over again hooray three <laughs> out of four of us have fireworks going yes <laughs> yeah. strange I guess, I guess where i live is normal that's kind of odd to me right now but okay whatever in north carolina so i want to go jumping to that conclusion well <laughs> it all depends where you live in north carolina is what you kind of call normal per se whatever so my yeah, hair is normal. I really admit I live in the middle of Hicksville, so mm. that you do. So, yes, you do. You do live in in the woods. Lots of woods around you. Mm-hmm. So I'll share a, a, I'll share some of my vacation with you guys since I am finally back from vacation. I actually came back from vacation today, so uh, that was a nice little three and a half hour, well, actually about four hour drive to get home from. Uh, Bethany Beach, Delaware, which I would suggest anybody, uh, except for Joe, because Joe's probably closer to the Outer Banks, and the Outer Banks is probably pretty nice, too. So I'd definitely go there if I was Joe. I've been to Bethany Beach. But, I used to go to uh, Rehoboth. Okay. I left, yeah, we used there a couple times. It's it's uh, Those beaches up and down that area is just really nice. The yeah, no, it is. everything, too, was really good. Yeah, it is. It really was. And it was, we had a great time. It was me, my mom and dad, um, my, of course my family, um, both, both my brothers came with their significant others. Um, and then my nephew came with his girlfriend. And so we were all in the same house, which is always interesting because you just never know what's going to happen. Who's going to say what, who's going to piss who off? Uh, is it going to be smooth? Uh, are my parents not going to be upset at somebody or annoyed by somebody, or I should say really, I'll be annoyed by somebody cause I get annoyed by people, uh, unfortunately quite, quite easily, especially when it comes to my family. I think and, we all, uh, I think that happens to all of us at times. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're cooped up in a house with everybody. Um, but yeah, we rented this beach house. It was, I would say about, so route one goes all the way from essentially three a quarter of the way down Delaware all the way to essentially uh, goes all the way through Maryland and all that. So that's what they call like beach, beach, uh, the coastal highway It's called coastal highway. It just goes all the way through the coast there in Delaware down Maryland. And we were on one side of it about a block off. So we crossed over route one and then we were about three blocks away from the beach, maybe two and a half. So it was real, we were real close and of course, my mom, being the investigator that she was, she's like, "Oh, I found out this house. They bought it for nine hundred thousand. Now it's worth one point two million. Like she had to throw that, <laughs> throw that in there. Like, oh, geez, like I don't know who has that kind of money, but hey, awesome, good for them. <laughs> They're making money. Nobody, nobody pays cash for houses. I mean, <laughs> well, I know that, but still, who has that kind of money that they can afford a mortgage like that? But anyways, I don't know anybody personally like that. 
but it was six bedrooms, four and a half baths. It was like 2,700 square feet. So it was just this huge ass house. I mean, even with 14 people in there, it was still, we didn't like, we weren't on top of each other. Like we were, had plenty and plenty of room, but really nice I'm, house. I'm picturing like the movie Grown Ups. I'm picturing Grown Ups, like that kind yeah. of cottage. Uh, not quite, but in the sense of nobody was on top of each other, yes. Like it was that much space. Um, really cool place though. Uh, and it was nice. We went to the, I think we went to the beach out of the seven days that we were there. We were there probably five days, five days out of the seven we were at. Um, we went to, um, a couple good restaurants. Um, we, the one night me and my brother, because we went to Mickey's crab house, which if you're ever in Bethany beach or any of that area, it's a good place to go if you want all you can eat crab because they do the you know they bring the crab out and just throw it on your table and then you break it apart and eat it. Uh, other than that, I probably wouldn't say go there because the rest of their food is it's only okay and you don't get very big portions. So, um, you know, a couple of my family members walked away hungry yet, but I had my first experience yeah. eating whole crabs and breaking them apart and eating the stuff on the inside, breaking open the crab claws and stuff like that. So, but I won't ever do that again. That was way too much work for the little bit of meat that you get out of those tiny blue crabs. Just yep. not worth it. <laughs> Glad I don't do it. I don't do. Yeah. I don't like crabs, so no. One of one of my uh, parents' good friends when uh, we used to vacation down in North Carolina in the Brunswick County beaches, which is you know pretty far south in the state. Um, okay. We would meet up with them because they usually vacation in like North Myrtle Beach. Uh, there was always this one restaurant we would go to and it's so close to the ocean. So like, you know, the, the stuff that they got was, you know, primo fresh, obviously. Um, but yeah, he was all about cracking open the crab legs and just, you know, sucking them down and stuff. But these were like, you know, big crab legs and stuff. And he got my little sister to try, he got my little, he got my little, little sister to try him, but I am of my father and seafood. It means no, the only seafood I ever eat really is shrimp. So, mm -hmm. uh, I got to ask this obvious question, though, since you were going out to restaurants and public stuff. Yes. Were they social distancing? Were they wearing masks? Yeah. I mean, we we're pretty for speaking for my wife and our kids and stuff like that. We are very much paying attention to those rules. Like if we're in a public area, we have our masks on. We, you know, keep to our group and make sure that, you know, we try and give everybody their proper space just to be it, it's more of a polite thing too. like, we do that in general because we don't like to be on top of people. We want to give people their space, giving them, you know, especially with having little kids, you know, we know how little kids can be annoying to some people. So, you know, we try and give everybody their proper space, but yeah, we didn't see too many people not without masks on. And if we went to a restaurant, we made sure that we had outside dining. Like we didn't not want to sit inside, you know, if it, if, the two restaurants that we went to, they all had outside dining. So we made sure we sat outside so that we could, you know, be without our mask. And we knew we weren't going to be close to anybody and we weren't going to be, you know, breathing in, you know, indoor air where it's all toxified and anything like that. So, you know, we tried to be as cautious as possible, but also still have fun, too. So, um, but yeah, I, I saw something on Facebook that you posted. Um, were you and your oldest daughter playing beer pong against your parents? Yes, we did were. I, did I see that correctly? I was like, yes. Hmm. We were playing beer. Yes, the whole entire house, <laughs> except for the little kids, of course, were playing beer pong. And yes, my parents joined in. Now, the cups were not filled with beer because 
I guess the big thing now that it's become like a college like sport, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember whenever this happened, but ever since like it started being a televised thing, they don't put beer in the cups. They put water in them and nobody drinks. Uh, at least not in like this uh, the college sport world. So we there was no beer in the cups. And uh yeah, there was just water. So you just, if you made it in, you drank from the cup of whatever drink you were drinking and you could drink water. I was like, this is like the kind of the lamest beer pong I've ever freaking played. Except for the one time that I played with AJ and he, cause he didn't want to drink beer that had a ping pong ball in it. You know, so he, we did the water at hit his house. Yeah. But yeah. It was we, all, weird. we were all four played in that beer pong tournament that night. All four of us that were on here were in that. I yes, was. we were. Yes. Pat, uh, Pat even okay. drank that night. Yes. But yeah, so that's, that's how we got away with it. Cause my, my sister-in-law and my brother really don't drink, especially my sister-in-law. She definitely does. I, I don't think I've ever seen her maybe once have a drink. And it was like one of those, uh, uh, what the hell are they? Wine coolers it was a wine cooler. So it's not even anything like significant, gotcha. but yeah, I was having, what the hell was I drinking? I was drinking, Crown Royal Apple and Cranberry Juice. Sweet. Because I tried Crown, Ra- Crown Royal Apple straight up, and I, like, almost died. Like, I drank it so fast, I shot it, and it hit the back of my throat. Not, like, didn't go down smooth. <laughs> way like, too much information there. It hit the back, and it burnt the shit out of my throat. I was like, oh, my God, this stuff's horrible. So I mixed it with something, and it was fine, you know, so. See, I, I, I like my whiskey and bourbon straight as well. Uh, I do too normally, but only as shots. Only as shots. Oh, I can put it like a my Death Star ice cube in the glass, <laughs> and then I pour my whiskey and bourbon around it, and uh, just sit back and uh, drink away. Yeah, I've never been yeah. able to do that. It must, I must not actually like the taste of that liquor because I've never been able to be a. I've never been a sipper of that stuff. Just never could do it. But all in all, our vacation was really fun. We had a really good time. Good. Um, there was, of course, there never everything never goes smoothly. There's always hiccups in the road. Um, <laughs> Pat, yes, there's hiccups in the road. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You could you could plan a vacation down to the minute. It's never going to go like that. You're always going to run into some problem. The uh, more people, too, the more people, the more likely to run into problems. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's why uh, my next vacation I'm intending to go by myself, but that's another story. So. Yeah, but I would definitely go back. Um, I started looking up places to buy. I like suddenly like wanted to buy a vacation house and like <laughs> so I could rent it out and make buku bucks. I'm like, yeah, but it's not that simple. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was crazy. Like. I just started looking up houses just to see like the size of them. We took walks around just looking at these. They're, these houses are immaculate. Like they're they're ridiculously huge, and they're like the price of them. Most of them are at least a million. So there was one I was looking at today. It was right on the beach, right off of Bethany Beach. It was eight eight bedrooms, eight bathrooms, seven thousand square feet. That place was five point five million dollars. Damn. I was like, holy baloney. That's, that's more Adam and Brett's territory, that kind of shit. So, 
don't even, I, I even know if they can afford that, but okay. No, but I'm just saying, like, like Brett's house that he lives in, he bought it and flipped it. Like, he bought it and, you know, did everything. Like, it wasn't, you know, I was there a couple years ago, and it wasn't mm-hmm. done yet. But he, like, bought a house and, like, did all the work and flipped it, essentially, for himself. So that's definitely something that those two have went down that road. They've done, that's what the hustlers do. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think the hustlers are working with the the one point five two mil in the two million dollar range. I think they're working more in like the hundred thousand no, dollar no. range. <laughs> I'm just saying, just any of that kind of stuff yeah. is more there. That's what those guys do. Well, yeah, and and I was looking at it as far as like, you know, if I if I can, how would this work? You know, like, how do you do this? Like, how do you get into the whole investment, bank, you know, property and you know and and use it to you know, as your vacation home, but also allowed to rent other people. So it pays for itself. So you're not actually dipping out of your own pocket to pay for the mortgage. Like I was thinking along that lines. Uh, but yeah. I was just like, there's no way, not at the price of these places. There's no, no way I would ever have the capital to be able to do that. <laughs> not on my salary. Like, yeah. It takes so. a little bit for that. You got, for that you, got get, you got to get rich. <laughs> yeah. I'm not rich, bitch. <laughs> By any means. Let's um, talk about some football. Yes, let's get into our podcast. But before we do, of course, I'm going to make a public service announcement <laughs> to all our listeners and watchers. Uh, if you are catching us on YouTube, we do thank you for tuning in. Uh, make sure you uh, hit the like button. You hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode. Make sure you hit those notifications. They'll pop up, let you know that we have a new episode dropping each and every week, uh, except for this last time because we did take one week off for my vacation. So I thank you guys. Um also, for all our listeners, if you are listening to this on uh, iTunes, you're listening to it on Stitcher Radio or Spotify, make sure you are tuning in each and every week. Uh, also, giving us a rating so we can jump up in the charts to make sure that you are getting other people like yourselves to listen to this and get the entertainment out of it because we are finding ourselves entertaining. So hopefully you are finding us entertaining, too. Um and last but not least, make sure you turn turn the wow. Let me try that again. Make sure you tune in to the <laughs> entire show all the way to the end, so you can catch the Mount Rushmore of this week, which is going to be football based because that is our main topic. We are talking football, and we're going to talk about a couple uh, particular topics. Get right here, we are going to talk a little. We're going to talk about Pat Mahomes and his crazy contract. We're going to talk about the Redskins because some news just hit about the Redskins. We're going to talk about some of the greatest players that we've seen play the game of football in our lifetime. And, of course, then we have Mount Rushmore. So, Joe, why don't you get us started? All right. Let's talk about a crazy-ass contract here. Okay. <laughs> Ten years, $450 million, $500-plus million in incentives, and I think $140 million insurance sure. policy. What? the fuck i mean that's like <laughs> mike trout territory as far as like comparison to a contract so yeah what are your thoughts i, I mean i, saw I think a, it's valid but i mean fuck i saw a video of him throwing like a behind the back pass to somebody and somebody like commented and they said for the 500 million he better be able to shoot the ball out of his ass <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to catch that ball, though. If he shoots it out of his ass, I don't know if I want to catch that. That's kind of nasty. It was just funny because I watched him, and it was, a, he, it was a good throw, too. But I was just like, it was. I thought that comment was funny. 
What was that, Pat? They wear gloves. They'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I got shit on my gloves. There's shit on my gloves. Just take it off, put another pair on. <laughs> I mean, they better. I mean, they better keep the nucleus around him. You're paying that guy that much. He better win championships, plural, with an S on the end. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they. I mean, they signed um, their top defensive guy this in the last couple of days too. So I got him locked up, and they signed because another I, one of their defensive guys last year. So I mean, they're good in that area, but he's good. He's he's really good, and I don't. They play in Denver's division, so it's hard for me with them. But I I like him. I think he's likable. No, he is. I just think it's, you know, like what forty five million dollars a season. You know, you better hope you are able to pick up guys that are willing to not get paid top dollar. <laughs> Um, to be on that team as far as running backs, wide receivers, and your O-line, because otherwise he's going to struggle for a couple of years if they can't figure that shit out. That's well, the biggest yeah. worry about with the contracts going so high all the time. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, especially with football, because football has that salary cap, and you can't yep. go over it. Like It's not like in baseball where you have a luxury tax. If you go over the salary cap, you pay a luxury tax. There is no going over the salary cap in football. It is what it is. Like You can't go over it. So either guys take a pay cut and and just say, oh, fuck it, I'll deal with it, or you're not signing that player. Like They're they're gone. Like that's all there is to it. It's, it's or it's like so, we try to get somebody to restructure their contract and all that other hunky dory bullshit. So it's we'll see how it plays out for them. I mean, good for him. He's a really great player. I have to say that. Fuck. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, what's that team going to look like in the next five years? Plus, who knows what the salary cap's going to be like because of the whole COVID bullshit. And the, they're not going to be making as much money as they they should be with fans and and whatnot. So let's see how that you know, hurts the the salary cap and then moving forward with two. So I, I, I don't know. It's just crazy. But no. I, it, I know Dak Prescott's probably pissed off, but that's okay. He's a cowboy, <laughs> so it's all good. He can be pissed off all he wants. He plays for <laughs> Dallas. He's got, he, 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 he made his bed. Now he's got a lion at playing for Dallas. That's his own fucking problem. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. You being know. an Eagles fan, all Dallas players and fans suck ass. <laughs> Um, he, he, he was drafted by Dallas. He didn't have a choice of where he plays. Um, he kind of does now. He didn't have to take the franchise tag. The franchise, not taking the franchise tag gives him a better chance of not playing for the Cowboys. Right. Yeah, go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're talking about he made his bed to play with the Cowboys. So like, no, he didn't. He was drafted by them. He had no choice. Now he I might understand have a- that. I'm saying what you're saying is wrong and stupid. <laughs> Here we go. For the first couple, for the first, for his rookie contract, I agree with you. But he didn't have to take the the franchise tag. They put that out there. He didn't have to opt into the franchise tag. Uh, he didn't have a choice if he was going to get franchised. I agree. I agree. That's the team deciding it. <laughs> but he was... Okay, we're yeah, gonna say okay. we're gonna we're Let gonna disagree for the sake of disagreeing here. No, 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 because there's no there's no, there's no agree to disagree here. Uh, <laughs> drafted by the team, therefore the team owns his right until he becomes a free agent. The team puts the franchise tag on him. He again has no say in that. He cannot control that. Now, once they franchised him, he's got two choices. He plays the next year on the franchise tag for whatever amount of money that ends up being, or they work out a long term contract. Well. 
He chose not to work out a long-term contract, so he, in turn, has not made his bed because he has not made a long-term commitment to the Cowboys. He could but still. Because he knew he was not going to get one. I think the Cowboys wanted to sign him long-term. I don't think he liked the offers he got. Is he as good as Patrick Mahomes? Of course not. not Patrick close. Mahomes has done something, <laughs> you know, as one. But I'm just saying Prescott hasn't made his bed or anything like that. It's like Pat everything Wright. you were saying about that was wrong. Pat's That's all right. I'm saying. Pat can be right all he wants, but I'm still going to say he made his bed and now he lies in it, regardless of what you say. (laughs) Patrick, you're a Giants fan. Why are you you defending the fucking Cowboys franchise? I'm not defending the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. He's defending right and wrong, I think. I'm defending the the blatant mischaracterization that Jeremy (laughs) made. I'm not defending it. I'm, I'm, you know, pointing it out that that's what it was. Dak Prescott has not made his choice of where he's going to play. <laughs> Continue to play for the Cowboys. He could go somewhere else. I think it's more likely he goes somewhere else now, but I'm certainly not going to rule him out resigning with the Cowboys. One thing like Joe just said, though, what next year's salary cap is going to end up being very much bears watching because it could have a huge ripple effect on tons of players. So, yeah. Okay. You guys all care about the Redskins more than I do too. I don't I mean really, the Ra- I don't really Who's care. The Redskins. Whatever the they're going to be. The Washington racial slurs. We'll, t- we'll talk about that in a moment. We're still talking about Pat Mahomes' retarded contract. <laughs> no well, offense to anybody that gets offended by the word retarded. I don't mean any I, that connotation. Uh, don't do that again. Um, I didn't look at all the details of Mahomes' contract, but. The thing that I do know about any NFL contract, whenever they announce that it's, you know, for X years and Y dollars, that dollar amount that they announce is always like the maximum. Like if he hits like every single performance bonus and every single roster bonus. So you guys saying like $500 million, I doubt he actually makes $500 million. And how long is the contract? 10 years, 12 years, 10. 10. So it's 10 for 450 and the incentives and all the extra stuff can make it over 500. Okay, but that 450, that's not 450 million guaranteed. Um, I don't remember what the guaranteed amount was actually. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna guess it's not 450 million guaranteed, and I know he's still pretty. I know he's still pretty young, but I just got a feeling that he's not still there in 10 years. Just law of averages of something happening, either an injury or ineffectiveness or cap constraints like you guys mentioned something i think will end up happening that prevents mahomes from being there the whole contract i I mean you could be seeing the next you know brady belichick with um mahomes and reed yeah how old is reed ah shit i had to look i mean when he was with the Eagles, he was he was fairly young. I don't want to say young, young, but he was fairly young for a coach, I believe, when he started with the Eagles. So I don't think Andy, it's really all that. Andy Reid is actually only sixty-two, so as long as ah, it's, you know, I can see that. As long as right. his health stays, but so I got the, he has had some health issues in the past, so who knows? Right. So the breakdown of Mahomes' contract. Okay, so his. First year, the 2020 year, he's going to get uh, $10.8 million. His base salary is $825,000. 2021, 
it's 22.8 million. Uh, roster bonus is 21.7 million and a workout bonus of a hundred thousand. And it keeps going up from there every year. So it's a, it's a essentially a rear loaded contract because 2022, he gets 29 million. Well, 20, 29.4 million, 27.4 million for roster bonus base salaries, 1.5. And then he gets a workout bonus of $550,000. And that's his workout bonus for the rest of the contract from 2022 to the end of his contract is always $550,000. But his, um, annual salary as well as his roster bonus goes up each year from that until it gets, Oh, I'm sorry. It's middle loaded. It's a middle loaded contract. Cause then it starts to go back down in 2028. It goes, starts going back down for the roster bonus. So he's getting a buttload of money. He's getting stupid money for playing <laughs> a sport and no, and no offense to him. Like we said, I, I agree. I'm in total agreement with you guys. He is a, an amazing player. You know, when I look at their season last year, them winning the Super Bowl, yes, Andy Reid is a is a very good coach. Won't take that away from him. But Pat Mahomes is the reason they won that Super Bowl. It was not what Andy Reid did as a coach, except for the fact that he encur- he's very encouraging of Pat Mahomes. He's very much got knows what Pat Mahomes can do. But Pat Mahomes won that Super Bowl. If they don't have Pat Mahomes as the quarterback, they one, they're probably not going to the Super Bowl, and two, they definitely do not win that Super Bowl by any means. That that's generally the way it is. I mean, this is a quarterback league now. I yeah. mean, I mean, even if you go back through history, you know, we've had fifty, however many I lost count Super Bowls now, fifty-four. <laughs> you know, you look at you look at the quarterbacks who won Super Bowls. You know, it's a bunch of all-time great, and it's mm-hmm. some of that's because they won Super Bowls, but that's simply because they were the best at their position, you know, for like the, the time in which they played and everything. So, I mean, that's obviously, yeah. I mean, you're not going to win without having a great quarterback. I mean, the days I think, except for Trent days, Dilfer. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, <laughs> well, he wasn't great, but he was an average good enough quarterback to, to win one. But, but I mean, the Ravens, the right that Ravens team that, that Trent Dilfer won for, you know, they had a pretty historic defense. Um, but like the days I think of guys like Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson, uh, who are capable, but somewhat journeyman quarterbacks winning Super Bowls is probably not really going to happen anymore. I think you really, you have to have, you have to have one or two things. You either have to have like an absolute stud superstar or Mm -hmm. you have somebody who, gets hot at the right time. And we saw that just a couple of years ago with Nick Foles. Um, so, you know, that's happened before too. It happened with, uh, you know, with Jeff Hosteller with the Giants back in uh, 1990. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you, but yeah, you look at the guys who won the Super Bowl most recently, a quarterback, you know, it's been, it's been Mahomes and it's been Tom Brady and Russell Wilson and Peyton Manning and, you know, stuff like that. So that's, that's really what you're seeing still is it, it is still very much a quarterback league. So, We'll see. We'll see how many more titles Mahomes can add. I mean, if he only if he doesn't. Obviously, the big thing, of course, is going to be is that if he, if the Chiefs don't win another Super Bowl with him at quarterback, then obviously, no matter how long he plays, no matter how much money he gets paid, you're going to say the contract extension wasn't worth it. So, well, absolutely, yeah. And and I mean, like we like we were saying, Pat, 
the 49ers, they had a stud. Their their defense was was packed with really great defensive players, especially their front four. But Jimmy Garoppolo, no offense to him, is not a stud quarterback. You know, he didn't he he's Jerry, good. Jerry Jerry's still out a little bit, I think. Is he is he in like the top echelon right now? Probably not, but that's a little bit more of a fluid situation because you got a bunch of quarterbacks who have been at that level who are coming to the end of their careers now, whether it's Brady or Breeze or Rivers or Roethlisberger and now Eli's retired. Uh, guys like Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford are getting a little older now too. So mm-hmm. Garoppolo could still work his way into that discussion. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo right now, who are you going to take? Everybody's taking Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, he he has, he's got, I think he's got the tools. He just hasn't been refined and he doesn't have the refinement yet to, you know, say he's a stud quarterback yet. Where he's Patrick Mahomes, you can position. Yeah, where you can say Pat Mahomes, we know what he's capable of. We've seen it. And that's why he got that ridiculous, redunculous contract that he got. Now let's see if he can live up even to that hype now, the pressure. Because along with that big-ass contract, a lot of pressure to that level, at that consistent level, for that money. You know, that's that's some added stress and pressure that a lot of people don't realize when you're talking about these big-money contracts. It's now you you got to maintain that level. Like, you can't slack off. There is no slacking because every time you slack off, the, the first thing that's going to come out of sports analysts, people, you know, the, the everyday fan is like, why'd they pay him so much money? Why'd they pay him so much money? He's not worth the money. He's not doing what he should be doing. Well, you you perform under those pressures and that's that stress. Let's see how you do, <laughs> you know? So Yeah, so the other thing, know, we'll Mahomes, Pat, Matt, Mahomes' contract, he was, uh, he was guaranteed $63 million at the time of the signing, but he can get up to $141 million guaranteed. The majority of his contract is is roster bonuses. So his base salary doesn't go over $10 million until 2027. So every And his contract, I think, starts hitting the guarantee part after 2022, from what I'm reading. But his roster yeah. bonus is, is insane. Like, you know, 2021, he's making his base salary is 990000 but his but his roster bonus is $21.7 million. And, like, every year that keeps going up. It's just that's where the majority of his money's coming from. And, and, and that's all for salary cap purposes. You know, yep. so they, can, mm-hmm. they, they take those roster bonus numbers and they're able to spread it out over, you know, the length of the contract or whatever. And so that's to try to make a, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's the right word, but minimize the yearly cap hit as much as they can. So that's why, yeah, that's why he's got that low base salary and then the ridiculous bonus numbers. So that's, that's like, that's just like, that's just the cap management aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. That just tells I mean, you how smart the people writing these contracts are to be able to work the numbers. And then they rework the numbers through during when they need more money for cap space, they'll rework contract and stuff like that to make it feasible. And well, well, there's everyone has like a team of people who are dedicated to working specifically on the salary cap, you know, to do like projections and calculations to make sure that they they're staying under, but then also to be doing like, you know, short and long-term planning and everything. Like every team has to have a staff to do that. Otherwise they'll, they'll fail. So here's this next couple of years, this cap hit. So 2020 is 5.3 million. 2021 is only 24, 2022, 31. And then it goes up to 42 down to 39, 41, 41, 2027 is as high as it. Salary cap hit is fifty nine point nine five million dollars, 
and then 44, 44, 50, and 52. That's an insane number that you just said there, that, that one year. <laughs> I think Kansas City is better. You're yeah. going to have to hope that the, the cap goes up, like, big time by then, which you could, you know, depending upon how the next few years go, and hopefully that everything gets back to normal. Um, yeah. But that also, that, all, that also sounds like the prime renegotiation. Yeah, that's and a like possibility. His, and his base salary is i mean it goes up but it doesn't hit the 10 million dollar mark until 2027 then it goes from 10 million to 13 20.5 27 38 but then his roster bonus starts to go down too in the opposite direction as his base salary is going up but still it's it's interesting so they're they're definitely basing that off of salary cap and some other things at that point that's you know that is restructure restructure time matt yeah once you get to that sorry aj where you have those high, you have those high, like yearly salary numbers. That's when they start to like to con- yeah. convert into a bonus number, so they can like renegotiate and stuff. That's the whole point. AJ, just did you have something you wanted to add? Something? <gasps> no. Okay, just wanted to double check. There oh, we go. Make sure we're all getting our peace of mind in there. So let's jump to another topic, and that is the Redskins. And through all these hey, things who? that go on, <laughs> that. That go on in our society that whether you disagree with them, agree with them, or indifferent to them, the Redskins will no Ooh. longer be the Redskins next year. Ooh. So who will they be? What will we call them? I heard a funny one the other day saying they're going to be the Washington Foreskins, <laughs> which I think is absolutely awesome. We should call them the Washington Foreskins um because i would love to see an nfl team with a picture of a penis on the front on their side of their helmet i think that would be absolutely awesome i've always they, called um, them the de- i've always called them the dead skins that's what i've always called them oh we could that would be an interesting helmet logo too you could have like a a, de- de- a, a corpse on the side of the helmet that's like decomposing like just skin dripping off some halloween <laughs> shit there we go <laughs> That's how I've always referred to them. Uh, I personally think the Sorry. any of the teams in Washington, D.C. should not call themselves Washington to begin with. They should just call themselves D.C. Um, and uh, go with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either um, because I don't you know. Washington, Washington, D.C., Washington State. I mean, you know, Washington State doesn't really use the, the term Washington, but like I this is so stupid. But there's kids that are young that <laughs> – think the Washington Capitals are not in Washington, D.C., that they're actually in the state of Washington, um, the West. <laughs> I was like, Fantastic. you confuse young souls, you guys are. But that's okay. I mean, ignorance is one thing. <laughs> Stupidity is another. So which, um, line are they, which line are they falling on there? Um, they're LeBron fans, so uh, <laughs> really what we do. So it's both. Yes, <laughs> yes, pretty much. I'm, I'm actually, I agree with you on that, Joe. If they called them the DC Capitals or the DC Wizards, I think that would be that would be fine. I think like, it's a I, better route to go. You know. Yeah. I mean, the it, XFL had the DC team. I thought that was cool that they used DC instead of Washington. Different like twist on it. I think it works better. The, the, ML, the MLS, MLS team's DC United. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that works. And a lot of the, a lot of the like, I know we're talking about the NFL, but a lot of the throwback, a lot of the like city version stuff that they've done for the Wizards has been DC. Like DC. Like DC. Yeah. yeah. It's 
it doesn't say Washington. Most of it says DC on it. And I actually think it looks cooler that way. I think they sold a lot of those jerseys, throwback those those crazy city edition jerseys too, with the DC mm-hmm. fans really like that. That's something they that's really something actually, I, would, I would think it's about. Actually really, it's actually a good idea, Joe. I never actually thought about it that way, and I actually completely agree with you on that. <laughs> Once they started talking about the Redskins changing their name, I was just kind of like, why the fuck would you even keep Washington? Just kind of like, like, just change it to DC. Do something different. Like, get all the sports teams to change. It's like, you know, you could change your, you got to alter your logo a little bit, but your your sales rank, you're not going to lose sales off of that. People will still buy the shit. Well, and it's because Washington has kind of a regal connotation to it because it is, it is our capital. It is the, the, the father of the country, you know, and all that stuff. So it's, it's also probably one of those things that a lot of people just have ingrained like that, you know, people who are, you know, frankly, not stupid. Um, <laughs> they hear Washington. That's the, that's the kind of stuff that they think of. So it may not be a bad idea. I just don't see anybody doing it. Unless, of course, you tell somebody that, hey, I lived in Washington, they go, the capital or the state? Um, the state, because there is no state called Washington. The, the capital is D.C. It's the District of Columbia. It's called Washington, D.C., though. I understand that. Well, but who I'm the hell saying, refers to as living in the well, capital as Washington? Back and listen if to somebody yes. would say, if somebody this... would say to me, I live in Washington, I would ask... DC or the state. This is this is Darth Pat and Jeremy Day. (laughs) So here's the thing, Pat. If I lived Darth Pat, if I lived in Washington D.C., I would not say I lived in Washington and then meant the capital. I would say I lived in D.C. or I'd say I lived in Washington D.C. Okay, you're not everybody. Yeah, I'm sorry. I use logical sense when I think about where I lived. I'm not saying it's not illogical. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I'm just saying that not everybody is going to think like you and talk like you. Not everybody is going to specify it. Some people just don't. That's all there is to it. I'm just saying that not everybody you're going to meet is going to be necessarily be specific right out of the box. Some people like to be vague for whatever fucking reason. Did not see this one coming, Joe. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I actually agree with you on this, that if somebody's going to say that, that they should be specific. They should say, I live in Washington, D.C., or I live in D.C., or whatever. Is there is there anything else we can possibly throw out that these two can banter about tonight? Please. Well, all our listeners out there, I'd like you to drop a comment and tell us what you think. Should people be specific about, I live in D.C., and say Washington, D.C., or D.C., or should you just say, I lived in Washington, and no people should know you mean the state of Washington? <laughs> I didn't say people should know based upon what you either. That's also not what I oh said. Oh, my Lord. So I do agree with you. Whoever's out there watching this, listening to this, let's hear from you. What what, what, what should somebody say if there's something oh to watch DC? <laughs> I love it because Pat was agreeing with me, but we were still arguing about it. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is Jer- Jeremy and Pat argue day. There isn't an argument to be had. <laughs> we already had one, so maybe we'll get a third. So, what do we think possible names? Honestly, let's get let's get back to football here. Well, um, what do we I, think? I don't know about see, possible the, names for the Washington Redskins. Honestly, new name. Well, here's the thing. Did did you not see that story about this guy who supposedly trademarked a whole bunch of names? No, no I didn't see that. Not seriously. That. There's a guy who apparently had the money, and you know, power to him. 
and he went on like a trademark spree and he trademarked like every single like every single credible name that's been mentioned as a possibility for a new nickname so whether it was like warriors or red tails or red wolves or a few others that i've heard this guy supposedly went trademarked all of these names meaning that for the team to use them they would basically have to buy the trademark from this guy or pay him a, a lump sum every time they for every yeah, piece of merchandise pay, pay yeah. like a like rights type of thing which is awesome <laughs> um that's awesome well, let, let's see where that goes. I mean, because this, this is basically like the ultimate in trolling. Uh, so. Yeah, that pretty much is the ultimate troll right there. Yeah, see, now, as far as what I think the name should be, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Because the whole thing is that coming up with a sports nickname is not the easiest thing in the world. There's this one baseball simulation game that I play where I created a custom league, and I went through and like created like 16 custom teams. And the hardest thing I had was after I picked the cities was, all right, what should their name be? And I'm like, ah. so it just, it's not <laughs> as easy as it was. Now, my fear, if you want to call it that, oh is, that they pick, is that they pick the Warriors. Because if they pick the Warriors, there's a high chance that they wouldn't necessarily change like the logos and the imagery and everything like that. And all of that stuff, it really was just as bad as the racial slur that their nickname was. So I really hope that they're smart enough to not pick the Warriors. Uh, I mean, like, like Red Tails is kind of cool because it has a reference then to, uh, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen pilots who flew back in World War II and everything. But, but Red Tails seems like a kind of a inelegant name for a, a sports team in my view. So yeah. doesn't sound like a football team to me. It doesn't, no. And it's also when you come right down to it, then it's also maybe again, because it refers to, you know, air pilots and everything, you know, or, you know, fighter pilots. It's a little too close then to jets in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. just in terms of like coming up with like logos and, and, and imagery and stuff like that. So I don't know if that one really works though. It would be, it'd be kind of cool to do such a tribute. Um, I don't know. So. And could they really use the warriors? Because I mean, you have the golden state warriors. Could you use that and not have to pay them rights for the use of the warriors name? Yes, because there's two te- there's two teams in different sports that use the giants, the Cardinals, the Rangers. That That's has, true. There is. I didn't think that, about that. that. Yeah, yeah. That has nothing to do with it. So I guess, I guess it's not trademarked by the team. So to say, and like you can't trademark the individual like nickname. You can trademark the term New York Rangers and Texas Rangers, you know, or New York Giants and San Francisco Giants. But yeah, right. you, it, it, you can't trademark Rangers or Giants, you know. Right. So Warriors, like, and that the, the the Golden State Warriors, their logo has nothing to do with any of that. Like it's always kind of been the bridge, and it's it's always kind of been like it has nothing to do with any of that kind of Rachel stuff like their their logo and stuff has never had anything really to do with that was it that way though before they became the golden state warriors because they moved from another city right they were in san francisco well that's basically where they still are yeah i, mean, I don't like, know they, anything about their I, history as far as yeah like, they, what they i know the before. i know philadelphia they maybe logos. but yeah, they didn't they change the logo in the 70s since since I've been since I've been alive, 
their logo has has always been like very like the bridge and even when yeah. like Weber yeah, and those guys cool. were there, it was not anything tied to that really at all. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the seventies they changed it. No, yeah, here, here we go. There's I I love this site. It's called sportslogos.net. You know where they have like logos for all the major sports teams throughout history and everything. Uh-huh. And yeah, they were once the Philadelphia Warriors, yeah. and their their mascot was very Chief Wahoo-ish. You know, with like you know a, <laughs> a Native once American. Once again, that that was in 1970, probably. Well, this was from the 40s through the early 60s. You know, it was it was uh you know it was like a it was a Native American caricature with the guy wearing the the headband with the lone feather sticking up yeah. with a big smile on his face, dribbling the basketball. So that was the, when that they was the, when they do throwback stuff though, they don't ever do that. We don't. They they've never gone back to that, like to purchase and to market. They don't go back to that. That the, right. I've so, not. So, so that was the Philadelphia Warriors. Now, when they moved to San Francisco, and it says here it was the the 62-63 season. Their logo from the 62-63 season through 68-69 was like a like, like a Native American tribal chief headdress. Yeah. You know, surround like in a circle, surrounded by the word San Francisco Warriors. And then starting the 69-70 season, they changed it to where they were using the bridge logo. So I I said, not in my lifetime. Right. So that's actually very much a credit to the Warriors. They were smart enough to know back there in the late 60s, the early 70s, hey, we probably shouldn't be using this type of a logo (laughs) anymore. Meanwhile, as recently as seven years ago, Daniel Snyder was saying, we're never going to change the name of the team. Never. <laughs> you, never. You can put it in all caps. Funny that guy's one of the weirdest owners ever. Yeah. Funny what happens when all your corporate partners start to say, well, you know, if you don't change the name, I guess we're not going to give you our millions of dollars. Funny how capitalism always wins out in the end. Yep. Money, money, money. Money talks. <laughs> Got to have that money coming in. So how long do we think it is before the Cleveland Indians change their name now? Definitely not this year, but it wouldn't surprise me if maybe they did something this offseason. I mean, again, they've they've de-emphasized Chief Wahoo, and they've basically discontinued Chief Wahoo um, in the last couple of years. But when you've even got your team's current field manager saying, yeah, it's probably time for this name to be changed, and he is a guy who does have a certain amount of influence and everything. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe there's a change before next season. They can we'll they can that. just be the Cleveland shitheads and everything will be fine. <laughs> Giant yeah. turd on the side of their helmet as a logo. Cleveland <laughs> chokers, you know. You have too much problems with the, with the FCC saying shitheads on every broadcast. <laughs> I mean, they could just change their uniforms to match the clown's terrible colors. Ooh, nothing like a brown and orange outfit <laughs> with a little oh, white mixed in. <laughs> Yeah, go back, go back to uh, you know the uh, the the brown jerseys with the brown pants, which are one of the ugliest goddamn uniforms. It's a giant turd running down the field. <laughs> I mean, it fits. Is, that, is that mud on his jersey? No, Jim, that's the actual jersey. Ah. <laughs> I like those old Padres jerseys too. They were horrible. Oh, those were terrible too. Yeah. Whoever thought of brown as a uniform color was just what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> to anybody who thought that out, you weren't thinking very hard. All right. Well. <laughs> I think part of the reason was because they were owned by Ray Kroc, who was the owner of McDonald's, and that's what the McDonald's uniforms looked like back in the day. <laughs> I, seriously, he, I seriously think that he just took the uniform colors from McDonald's. <laughs> and put them on baseball players. 
Hey, I have affinity for those uniforms because Winfield wore those back in the 70s, and they've kind of they've gone back to like a variation of those now, but not quite to the to the brown. extreme that I think they were. The brown, yeah, but not so much like that brown and mustard combo so much. So Jeremy's right. Brown brown is not good as a primary color for your uniform. It's just not. It's, it, it's really not because it's just it's just not an attractive color, and there's only so many colors that really go with it. Like you can't really have like a brown and blue uniform, for example. So you know, I agree with that face. I agree with that face, AJ. <laughs> Yuck. Like, if you're gonna pick brown as your primary, then you're limiting yourself to secondary colors of basically like white and orange and maybe yellow, and that's pretty much it. You can't use like red or blue or green or purple. So I mean, you're really purple limited. Purple and brown. <laughs> that sounds you, awesome. You can't, you can't. You definitely can't use black any either. Like a, like a brown and black uniform combination might be probably the ugliest thing you'd ever see. Bowling Green's college uses those colors, the brown and orange, like the clowns, which well, I think is just no. Aren't they in Ohio too? Or are they? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's not good. It's horrible. All right. So, quick public service announcement for everybody listening in, tuning in. If you are catching us on YouTube or iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, thank you for tuning in. We do greatly appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying this episode as we are enjoying recording it and, and talking to each other and talking to you guys. Uh, if you are f- catching us on YouTube, though, please make sure you like this episode. Leave us a comment if you're uh, to please engage us because we would love to hear from you guys. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the channel and hitting that notification button so you never miss an episode. If you're catching us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, make sure you're um, leaving us a rating so we can jump up the charts so that people like yourself can catch us. And hear us just like you are and get entertained as we are hopefully entertaining you. Uh, well, that's because that's what we're trying to do because we're entertaining ourselves. So hopefully that entertains you. Uh, oh, so thanks for watching and make sure <laughs> and make sure you turn it, tune into the end and catch the Mount Rushmore based on today's topic of football. But you got to stay tuned to the end because you won't know who it is unless you do. All so, right, so let's move are we on ready? Our... Are, wait a minute, are we ready for some more entertainment? I feel like it might be stumper question time for oh, Jeremy. <laughs> so, so Pat. This just can't be for 20, me, though. 20 bucks, which way are you going, over or under? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I have said this often. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. You guys look. all suck. <laughs> look, no, 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 look. I have an opinion. Mm. That opinion has been said in other channels. And my whole thing is I'm more than willing to argue with Jeremy if I feel like there's something worth arguing about. I am not looking to embarrass him for the sake of embarrassing him. No, that's AJ. Yeah. AJ's a jackass. So, <laughs> So Jeff, this, gonna, I hope I'm, you know the answer. I just don't know if you're going to. I'm trying to come up with something that's a trivia question for you. So I, I'm just going to sit here and watch this unfold. So right now, everybody listening and watching probably thinks I have the intelligence of like an IQ of like 92. <laughs> uh, you, you said on another podcast that you're not good at trivia. So it's not like we're we said this to you about you. You said it about yourself. We'll just see so what happens. We had, so we came up with a trivia question just for Jeremy because he's dumb. <laughs> hey, like AJ just said, you made your bed, now lay in it. 
My, my bed's right next to me. I'll go lay in it right now. <laughs> All right. So here is the question for Jeremy. All right. So real gets. quick. The stumper. The stumper question. So your your two favorite NFL players of all time are Reggie White and Peyton Manning. True. What what colleges did they attend? Oh come on! Now this is a little too easy because they they both went to Tennessee. All right, good. Volunteers. <laughs> that was a little too easy. <laughs> it was kind of a trick question though because you and you I knew that they that both Reggie went. Reggie White went to the um. I'm going to forget the name of it. Uh, I know what it is, and I can't think of the initials of it because it wasn't the NFL. He did not go to the NFL right away. He went to – what the hell was the name of the league that Donald Trump blew up? Um, the USA – the US um, – USFL. Yeah, USFL. Yes, the USFL. Good job, then Jeremy. after that imploded, then he went to the Eagles for his rookie season in the NFL. Good job, Jeremy. Yeah. See, so you got it right. I wasn't trying to embarrass you. I was hoping you <laughs> – Knew the answer. Jeremy, <laughs> full disclosure, I will freely admit this now. I was wondering if he would get this, and here's why. Here's why. Uh-oh. He was. He was. Here's argument number three. Reggie Wayne, his last season at Tennessee was what? 1982, 1983? So I just thought it might have been one of those possibilities where it's one of those things where it just kind of slips your mind, and you know you don't really realize or remember, oh, yeah, he went to Tennessee. I mean, because I don't know. I mean, obviously, I know you like Reggie White, but I don't know if you like 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 obsess over, you try to memorize every detail. So I was just saying to myself, well, shit, I guess there's a possibility he may just, it might just slip his mind at the moment. So Jeremy, full disclosure, he was the one of the three of us that didn't think you were going to get it. <laughs> I was on the fence. I was like, I don't know, he should, on the fence but, for you there. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. He played in the he played in the USFL, and he played for the team in the USFL that arguably had the best name, the Memphis Showboats. That I didn't Jeremy, remember. I couldn't remember which good USFL. Job. Good job, first. Jeremy. I told you Thank I you. made something that I was I was hoping you would know the answer. So you got a trivia question right. And, yes. Yeah, like, like you said, the USFL had such a short shelf life, and it was thanks to Donald Trump mostly because they let him into the league as an owner, and then he decided, oh, why are we playing in the spring? We should be directly challenging the NFL. And as soon as they did that, the whole league went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't compete against the NFL. It's like it, yeah, every, any secondary league doesn't should never try to compete against the primary league because there's a reason why there's – the MLB, the NFL, the NHL, and uh, the NBA. There's a reason why those exist and they've been around forever. Because you don't go against them because your league will fall apart. You always play on the offseason when they're not playing because that's when people want to tune in and not miss that extra basketball that's going on or that extra football that they want to get to, get to see. You know, it, Absolutely. it's just idiotic. <laughs> and also in the, in the case of baseball at the very least you know they have that nice antitrust exemption so there's basically no way that another you know pro baseball league outside of like you know various independent leagues could ever arise you know so all right so i think it is time now we are done with the stumper question for just <laughs> jeremy <laughs> do we Did have we a one to or was that it what's that 
Did we have a regular stumper question, or was that it this week? That was it. Uh, that was, that just, was it. That was it. So we're going to move on to greatest players and then move into Mount Rushmore. So, Darth Pat, name a player or two that you feel are like some of the greatest players that you've seen play. Well, I'm going to name a few who were basically the players that I most wished death upon. Oh, my Jeez. God. We're going that route with you. Ouch. Okay. He is Darth Pat, isn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, pulling that full-fledged shit out right now. Go ahead. First and foremost on that list, Emmett Smith. The guy single-handedly killed the giant creature. <laughs> just, just, just all there was to it. I mean, um, the game like, the game that always stands out in my mind was the uh, – the final game of the 1993 regular season where the NFC East title was on the line. And I don't remember exactly what he did, but Smith basically single-handedly beat the Giants that day. They just couldn't stop him. I think he had like 160, 180 rushing yards, some, something unreal. Uh, and this was that was a giant defense that, while 93 was certainly not one of their all-time teams, I remember that they had a really good rushing defense that year, but they couldn't stop him at Smith. So, um yeah. I, mean, I would Smith, agree with Emmett Smith is a really, really good player that I've seen play in my lifetime. Really good. Just his crazy his good. His legacy speaks for itself. I mean, all-time rushing leader, a record that will probably never be broken uh, because of the way the league has shifted since his prime. And everything. So, you know, got to go with Emmett. Next guy on my list is a guy who killed the Giants on more than one occasion. Joe Montana. <laughs> got to go Joe, Joe Montana. Montana. Satisfying as it was, you know, the Giants actually beat the 49ers in the playoffs with Montana three separate times in uh, 1985, 1986, and 1990. But he beat them in 1981 and in 1984. And it wasn't in the playoffs, but there was a game early in the 1988 season where the Giants were beating the 49ers. And he connected with Jerry Rice for a long touchdown pass basically ran into each other and let rice break like an 80 yard touchdown, something like that. And the ironic part is even though that was very early in the season, if the giants had held on and won that game, they would have won the NFC East and been in the playoffs that year. The 49ers would have missed the playoffs entirely. And of course the 49ers did go on to win the Super Bowl that year. So I mean, Montana was always mm-hmm. clutch. You know, he was that guy that you really, that you really, really hated because he won because he was good. <laughs> Because he was pretty unflappable for most of the time. Uh, I mean, the funny thing is, like, too, I mentioned the times the Giants beat him in the playoffs. Two of those times was when the Giants knocked him out of the game. And, <laughs> you know, like, they literally knocked him out. So, uh, you know, sometimes that's the only way you can beat him. It's by killing him, basically. <laughs> so, um, so Montana will always stick in my mind as, as being one of those all-time greats. Um, he was Brady. He was the B- Brady. Like he was like the before Brady. He was kind of the he, he was he, he was. And and see the other thing that I think this doesn't really go to speak to Montana's um, qualities and, and and how great he was, but he always seemed to be a bit of a whiner. Uh, and he was one of those guys who you could also tell definitely didn't like getting hit. Um, I'm going to make mention of this when we get to our Mount Rushmore, but he did have a tendency to avoid hits if he could. Now, obviously, you can understand a quarterback wanting to avoid being hit. 
he had a tendency to just basically hit the turf before he even got touched in a lot of cases. So that's just another thing that made you kind of hate him. Um, trying to think of some more recent guys who I don't think maybe you guys are going to mention. Uh, Calvin Johnson. I really was disappointed when he decided to retire because he was just so incredibly fun to watch. And another guy I can think of who is still playing, is still going strong, is uh, is Larry Fitzgerald. Because to me, like when I watch highlights of those guys, it's like they're always just doing something that just really stands out as, you know, making the game more entertaining to watch. And, you know, just their skill and some of the catches that they can make are incredible. And then catch a couple defensive guys. Um, it's going to say, uh, you know, Bruce Smith was always great to watch. Because, you know, he, he was kind of unstoppable in a lot of ways. I dislike that guy with all my heart. <laughs> and I'll tell you why when we get to Mount Rushmore. I have a feeling why, but okay. <laughs> um, I, you know, I there was one guy I was going to say, but I just have too much personal animosity against the guy that I'm not going to mention him. If you guys bring him up, and then I'll chime in and say that's who I was thinking of, but I'll skip him for now. And, uh, you know, one of Matt's favorites, and this might be Matt's Mount Rushmore, so if it is, I apologize. But, uh you know, Deion Sanders was such a game changer. Um, to, to me, time, baby. I mean, he the, the combination of the way he could cover, the way he could make the picks and, you know, return him, and then also, of course, his kick returning ability. I still feel to this day that Deion single-handedly changed, you know, like basically, you know, pushed like two separate teams to, over the edge to win the Super Bowl. Like, I really felt like the 1994 49ers don't win the Super Bowl without Dion. And then when he went to the Cowboys the following year, I felt like the Cowboys weren't going to win unless they had added Dion. So he really had that much of an impact. And again, he's another guy I hated because I always hated his cockiness. I hated the fact that he wasn't, I hated the fact that he wasn't that great of a baseball player for the Yankees. Uh, but you can't deny you, again. You can't you can't deny you know the skills of what you saw there. So yeah, there's just a yeah. few guys. I want to I don't want to mention everybody under the sun. So yeah. AJ, great players. Uh, no, go ahead, one of you guys. I'm, I'm hoping my microphone will come back on and I, the, the, the battery died. So. All right, so we're having some technical difficulties yeah. on AJ's side. Theo, Joe. Yeah. AKA Theo, AKA Joe. <laughs> great players. Um, Pat, why'd you bring up Emmett Smith? I despise that man. <laughs> I wonder why. I despise them for multiple reasons. Listen, I, I, I will, I will, I will, I will say this. I don't have an issue with him breaking the record. I have an issue with him staying in the league longer than he should have to try to grow the record. Record. Um, you mean his years to, with the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, those were shit years. That was horrible. Like, why the fuck were you even playing with the Cardinals? He just wanted to keep playing to keep taking that record and make it, you know, as big as he could um, because he was horrible at that time. And it showed how much he was not that good at that point. Um, there's other reasons why I, I think Emmett Smith is a great running back, but I think people give him too much credit because he was on a lot of good teams with a lot of good pieces around him. And he had a lot of offensive line men who made pro bowls. So, okay, we'll go back to that one later, later, but yeah. Um, I, and I get tired of hearing Cowboys fans tell me he's the greatest running back of all time, which is a load of shit. Um, you can argue about I that. I would not say that. that. Um, I would never but, go. He's the greatest of all time. He, he actually probably would only rank number four for greatest running backs for me, but 
that's because and you know two of the guys uh, ahead of him were guys who I didn't really see play. So he would be in my top five, but he definitely wouldn't be in my top three. He would probably be number five for me. I would put Barry Sanders ahead of him. Yeah, I would too. Actually, oh my so. god, yeah. Just uh, um, speaking of another person, Barry Sanders, and which is sad because Pat mentioned Calvin <laughs> Johnson, and it's kind of like a theme. Why does Detroit have two of their top offensive players in franchise history just up and retire early on in their careers, or a little bit too earlier than they should have have? Um, is what it is. Maybe it speaks to Detroit and why their teams have been so shitty um, for multiple decades. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, no, I mean, Bobby Lane trade back in the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> it, it all went downhill from there. Um, but no, I mean, like you, you know, Pat mentioned one of my favorite of all time, Deion Sanders. Um, you know, of course, I'm a Florida State guy, so I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Prime Time there. Um, funny thing is, is uh, back in the day when uh, we used to play football. Uh, tackle football at the um, township municipal park back in the day. Not not touch, not flag guys. You know, like legit tackle, not like these yeah. kids play these days. Um, we used to me and my one of my good friends. We used to rock the bandanas uh, when we were playing, and uh, we would always take turns when the other team would score a touchdown or whatever, and the the the, the throwing kickoffs or whatever. And we would like I would block for him if he got it. He would block for me if I got it, and we every single time would attempt to take it to the house to try to just do a prime time if we got that chance to take it to the house we'd be doing the high stepping shit <laughs> like five yards before the touchdown like prime time it was great um you know Derek brooks is another one of my guys uh you know i, I like watching him play um unfortunately i'm not a big you know fan of the college warren sap went to but you know you have to give credit to credits due for some of these players you know warm sap was a, a fun player to watch those Tampa Bay defenses were really good. You know, the one that took them to the Super Bowl and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard. There's, there's so many good players. Larry Fitzgerald, I could give him credit, man. He's he's a warrior. He's, you know, he's stayed with that damn Cardinals team for as long as he's been in the league. So give credit mm-hmm. to him for sticking with one team because a lot of other guys would just hop that train and look for somewhere else to go to try to win that Super Bowl. But he's 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 dedicated and he has a lot of honor to to stick with the team, especially now with such a young, young quarterback and Murray and whatnot, trying to help him develop too as a quarterback. Well, they uh, got close to one year, didn't they? Right, yeah, they lost Kurt to Warner. They played, yeah, lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was, I was say, so Kurt Warner the was there man. that year. I was rooting for the Cardinals. I wanted Fitzgerald to win that Super Bowl. Not that I hate Pittsburgh, but I just wanted Fitzgerald. That was that was like his chance. And I knew after that Super Bowl, if they didn't win that, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know when he's going to get another chance with those Cardinals because it's just going to fall off the fucking train with them, which it did, yeah. actually. And unfortunately, right now in his career, it's not – he's consistent, but he's not like – I don't think he's that big deal weapon anymore that he used to be. I feel like he's definitely no. – his age is starting to catch up with him in, in the years yeah. that he's been in the league. And it's just kind of stinks. Like, yeah, I mean, he's just about 37 years old. It's it's kind of amazing that he's still putting up the numbers that he is. But yeah, he's definitely he's definitely much more of a possession receiver than a than a game breaker at this point. Yeah, yeah, third down type of guy, something like that to get Murray out of trouble when he needs to. You know, good hands. There's so many players, man. I mean, I get give good credit to Brady. You know, Brady's done some crazy shit. <laughs> <sighs> it's one name I don't like to mention, but I agree. Uh, I, I have yeah. to agree. I mean, and it, hey. 
if we have an NFL season, we're going to see who's better. Is Brady better or is Belichick better? So we're going to find out, you know, which one uh, really drove that train for all those years they were together. Let's see which one makes the most out of the the split between the two of them. That's uh, what the I'm... Only, the only thing I can say Wait, about that particular question is when Brady did go down and Matt Castle came in, they did go 5-1 and one with Matt Castle. Yeah, I mean, it's a system. So, he has a system. Uh, the backups have good records. Pretty, I, I think all the backups that have come in when Brady went down have they all have winning records there so it's it's going to be is it going to see it you know is it Brady's town or is it Belichick's system it's going to yeah. be interesting to see what Cam Newton does in that system this year and what Brady does down in Tampa because now Brady has an actual offense per se if you want to put it in those terms and he still has Gronk. around him yep and he gets Gronk we'll see how healthy Gronk is too <laughs> right. Gronk has to stay healthy which is like an oxymoron yeah. yeah, I mean, he has he has Mike He's Evans. Got, you know, it's not a you're yeah, reigning yeah, multiple couple years. So well, Evans and Godwin might be the best one-two receiving duo yeah. in the NFL right now. So he, he, I'm sure yeah. he'll appreciate that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gronk got, got, got from Penn State. Gronk will, well, Gronk will have, be healthy uh, for about three games, and then he'll be gone for the rest of the season. They <laughs> have two other young tight ends that are really good too. So we'll see how that plays out for him. Yeah, I'm really not much out of Gronk, but eh, who knows? Any more, Joe? No, I I mean, it's kind of hard. There's so many to really go through. And, like, we could be here for, like, five hours going through, like, players. (laughs) I don't want to get too crazy. Yeah, we could. We really could. So I'll give a couple of mine. And Dan Marino was definitely a great player to watch. It's really sad in his career that he never won a Super Bowl. Like, I don't I can't I don't know enough about because I'm not a Miami fan, so I can't say did they go to the Super Bowl and he was yeah, there they, or not. Yeah, they did. Once once it was one rookie time. year. Rookie year, right, Pat? I think it was. Second year. Second year, eighty four. Second year. Okay. So it's like because right before he drafted, didn't they go seventeen and zero and win the Super Bowl? That was, was that ten years. Where he was drafted. Yeah. Oh, that was ten years before he yeah, drafted. So my timeline years, was yeah. way off. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> just a tad I just bit. knew it was Don Shula, and Don Shula was still there when Dan Marino came to play. Just a so, bit off. Just a bit off with the timeline. Well, you know that's uh, you why know, I say I'm not a Dolphins fan. So uh, what the fuck, you know. But uh, Dan Marino definitely. I mean, look at how many records that guy had. You know, some of them been broken. He still has a couple, I believe. But just. And all around, he was an amazing regular season quarterback. Like, you can't take that away from him. He really was an amazing regular season quarterback. He just, playoffs Four came. Regular season in that sense. Right. Yeah, and we know, but we know there's a lot of players in all different sports that are great regular season players. And unfortunately, he just, when it came to the playoffs, he just, you know, he blew his load, so to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of that's too his defense. Though. He, didn't, he, didn't play, <laughs> he didn't play with a lot of great defenses either. No, they definitely were... Definitely an offensive-minded team. It was all about the offense, how many points can we score, not if we can stop them from scoring, which is kind of what the NFL has turned into now for every team. Um, It was either they didn't have have a good enough defense or they didn't have enough balance on their offense. Like, it got to the point where they had no threat of a running game that you knew would stop them from throwing. So Yeah. Let's see, who else? Let me think here. Um Man, you guys named so many that I was going to name already. Um, John Elway was named. Deion Sanders was named. Barry Sanders was named. Jeez, who else is left that I can think of? 
Um, Warren Moon, I think, was a really good quarterback. He wasn't, you know, outstanding. Like, he wasn't, like, stat breaker, but he was a really, really good, consistent quarterback. Yeah. Like, the Oilers. He was a really consistent quarterback. And, you know, that that's that's something to be said. Is he one of the greatest of all time at quarterback? No. Is he one of the greatest that I've probably seen play in that time, in my lifetime? Yeah, I would say so. Um, you also got, let's see, I'm going to go defensive here. Um, you go with Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins is probably one of the best safeties that I've seen play the game. Like, he just, he... He would not fit into this day and age's game because of the way he played the game. Dirty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he was a great player. He was also a dirty player. I'm not going to disagree with the fact that he would light somebody up if he had the chance to. Whether that was a dirty hit or not, I can't comment. But he definitely <laughs> took his opportunity to light some motherfuckers up, let me tell you. I've seen some of the hits he dished out. And I think some of those hurt him just as bad as he hurt the other player. Um, you know, so you had him, you had, uh, Bob Sanders that played for, um, Colts. the Colts. Not he was another same. great safety too. Um, his biggest thing was he couldn't stay healthy for a lot of his. So he was in and out. He'd play six, seven games. He'd get injured, be out for a couple games, come back and then he'd be injured again. Like he just, you know, if he would have had a healthy career, who knows what would have how many, how well he would have been, how long he would have played. Reggie Wayne was a really good wide receiver, really great wide receiver. Him and Marvin Harrison were a great one-two combination when Peyton Manning had a chance to throw to him. And there's hey, Peyton Manning. There you go. So you have a whole bunch of Colts that I liked. You know, they were a team that I really enjoyed watching back in the day. And Edrin. Edrin James was a really good running back. Marshall he probably would have been. What's that? Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And there's and there and see and. The crazy thing in the Colts system, when I was watching them and paying attention to them, you had Marshall Falk, who was a crazy good running back, really just ridiculous, and Edron James, who was another one, and they didn't play the run game. Like, they run game was secondary to them, like, the whole time I ever watched them. So you had no run game, even though you had two stud running backs that you could have used. Um, I used to call cool. Edron James cash money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so true <laughs> um let's see andre reed now i'm gonna go with a homegrown player because andre reed was a really good wide receiver and he, university yep kutztown university just he was he was crazy good and there's another team what the hell the buffalo bills you go four yeah, times in a row I have, a win a game, Super Bowl. what the hell's wrong with you thomas on my list jim kelly and thurman thomas bowl yeah, oh my. bring up. So since you said Andre Reed, you might as well bring those two guys up. Yeah, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly. Yeah, it just sucks that they played. They, <laughs> I still don't get it. How can you go to the Super Bowl four times in a row and not win just one, just one? <laughs> like that. Well, crazy. They, 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 the last three, I would say, they unfortunately ran up against teams that were better. I really think you would say that they were probably better than the 1990 Giants. Uh, every day of the week, they kind of got out game plan. And Scott that, Norwood that, happened. Yeah, that's <laughs> why that's that's why you can't ever bring it bring it down to your kicker, especially when he's a 
attempting a career long on the surface you're playing on. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, Joe, Joe loves the kickers in Chicago, I'm sure. <laughs> Just like I love so, quarterbacks in Chicago. It's a joke. I'm pretty sure Joe still longs for the days of Kevin Butler. God, I, I, I want fucking Robbie Gold back, for God's sakes. Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say, I'm going to throw one more out there, and then, AJ, I'm going to let you take uh, pop at anyone that maybe hasn't been named yet. But I'm also going to say from Baltimore, I would have to say, and all of a sudden his freaking name is eluding me, Ray, Ray Lewis. Yes, thank you, Ray Lewis. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name all the of a sudden. The murderer. Yeah, well, let's leave that out of there. We don't know anything about that. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the guy I was thinking of who I decided not to mention because there is a stigma around him. Yes, I, I don't think he committed that murder, but I think he covered it up. Yeah, we're going to leave that to the people that know more about it than us. But going on pure football talent and me being a, a lover of defense, I, I am a defensive guy all the way. Ray Lewis was a ridiculous. Ridiculously good. Um, he was a beast. He was a beast at the, at the linebacker position. I, you know, there's very few guys that I could say would be higher than him that I've seen in my lifetime play the linebacker position. I mean, I know Pat probably has one that he would throw uh, above him uh, that played for the Giants, but I won't say his name. I'll because uh, I can't stand that guy. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ray Lewis was he was just he was good. D- ridiculous. Just- He's got that cloud surrounding him with me, and he always will. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because it does tarnish it, tarnish his character, um, you know, which ultimately leads into because you played football, leads into your football career too. So and that's that's what they teach them at the U how to misbehave. So be careful. Remember, our favorite wrestler came from the U too. I know he did. But <laughs> I, I, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Joe's going to agree with me on some level with that. Um, yeah, 96% of those players, exactly. Not all of them. I mean, Devin Hester didn't get in trouble, so I was good with that, so it's it's okay. When you got, um, two live crew, the rap group, supporting, uh, your (laughs) college, (laughs) you might have a little bit of a reputation problem. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure down the road we'll do some kind of college football podcast and we'll get more into that, that uh, particular thing. So, Um, AJ... I'm going to say we, we already said Marshall Falk and uh, Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly. I have Steve Largent written down. I liked Steve Largent a lot when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, that was before me. What are you booing for? He's played for <laughs> Seattle. Uh, his post-playing career, and I'll leave it at that. Oh, okay. Well, then, uh, yeah, okay. Politics. Keep going. It's AJ. hard to yeah. Some of the running backs, like Sean Alexander and Terrell Davis, they had short, you know, they didn't have long careers, but I thought Sean Alexander was really good, and I thought Terrell Davis was really, really good when he was healthy and he was playing. Like, he finally gave Denver that mm-hmm. John Elway finally got some help. And yeah, I like Terrell Super Davis. Bowls. So, Davis was very likable. Uh, I mean, Thankfully, nobody brought this person up yet because they knew I was going to. Randy Moss, the greatest receiver of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, so. your opinion yeah. is definitely that's a, that you and Minnesota fans only. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> nobody said nobody said Jerry Rice. Nobody even they? said Jerry Rice. So I said. I know Randy that's Moss crazy. Before anybody said I, Jerry Rice. 
<laughs> I guess I, was, I think I was anticipating somebody else mentioning him. So true. I think Jerry Rice was the best route runner I've ever seen, but I think I'll take Randy Moss in the red zone or on the deep bomb over anybody. I know. I, I I'm just messing with you there, AJ. I I like Randy Moss. I don't like him, but I don't take anything away from him. I mean, granted, he did take plays off a lot, you know, when they weren't to him. But hey, everybody's got their thing as far as you know. He also what got called for offensive pass interference more than any receiver I've ever seen. It was ridiculous. <laughs> just because he was taller than everybody and he was a red zone target, he got called for offensive pass interference probably five times when they took touchdowns away. I just I've never seen a guy burst on the scene like he did as a rookie. I mean he he had the record he for most touchdowns as a rookie. Yeah, you know, he just burst on the scene and like when he was with the Patriots that year and broke the record for touchdowns, like he was a really he was not the smartest person in the world. I I will not disagree with that. He he went to three different colleges. So he yeah. was at Notre Dame, then he went to Florida State, and then he ended up at Marshall. So he well, yeah. Well, yeah, there was a, a 30 for 30 done. What, Pat? I still can't believe he was ever at Notre Dame. I mean, I'm pretty sure me and me and Joe, I, I still think about Peter Wark and Randy Moss at Florida State if that would have happened. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that, I know. That would have been the best wide receiver combination in college football history if that had happened. Well, if you didn't catch it, uh, I'm sure you did. The 30 for 30 ran you. That was crazy. He almost didn't even make it out of where he lived. Like it was like him being in the NFL was like almost an it was an aberration from where he came from. Yeah. Because so many people fail and go back and then turn into nothing. I like Gronk a lot, too. He just gets hurt. I think Gronk is a beast. He just gets hurt. Well, yeah, when he was healthy for his healthy seasons, he was he he was essentially dominant. And there, liked, there was nobody better. I like Shannon Sharp a lot. I didn't like Tony Gonzalez, but Gonzalez was a really good tight end that nobody brought him up. So I'm trying to you know bring up some names. As much as I hate the clowns, even Ozzie Newsom was a really good tight end when I was younger. I, I, I was I was about to make a Shannon Sharp joke, and I very wisely refrained. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Derek Thomas is another one. He was a beast, and like I've never like he was looked like he was built on a brick shit house when he was in the NFL. I've never, but now I don't want to listen to him anymore because he's a LeBron dick sucker. So I don't, I don't want anything to do with him anymore. <laughs> well, I just, I just find the whole concept of anybody who could listen to a show where it's Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, and listen to that show for more than five minutes and not want to immediately look for a way to kill themselves. Is is mind boggling because between listening to those two guys, it, that that's pro. Wait a minute, I just realized that's where I'm going when I die because that is my personal hell. <laughs> throw, throw Stephen A. Smith in with the two of them, and I think it just became my personal hell. I I, I don't know. I don't agree with Stephen A. Smith all the time, but I, I actually I like I like him. I like Smith's problem. Smith's Stephen A. Smith's problem is that. Uh, for every moment of insightfulness he has, he has about five moments where he's rubbing your face in it that he's insightful about something. So, yeah, I think that I think my I, biggest. Sorry, go ahead. My, my biggest thing with Stephen A. Smith, and and that's why we don't do this on our on our podcast, is he gets he brings race into stuff a lot, and I don't like that from people that are 
analyzing sports like that should never play any portion of sports analyzation is bringing any kind of race into things or that. And I know it happens on a lot of shows, but that that's, I don't like that personally. I hate to tell you this though. If anything we've learned from Kaepernick is that there's always that intersection between race and sports is always going to be there and you really can't ignore it anymore. Now, obviously, that's not what we talk about here, but for like the professional pundits that were out there and everything, yeah, it's going to be something they're going to talk about. So, yeah, I understand that. And that's why I choose not to listen to a lot of them because I don't want to hear about it, you know, because I can get it anywhere else I want to. I don't need to hear it when I'm listening about sports. So, that's my biggest pull away from Ace, uh, Stephen A. Smith. I, I get that because so many people look at sports for escapism. It's just that, again, I, I don't think we will really ever be able to permanently separate them now. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. We live with it and deal with it, right? Right, right. Absolutely. AJ, you got any more you want to throw out there? Nope, I think it's Mount Rushmore time. Mount Rushmore time? Did somebody say Mount Rushmore? I would have <laughs> to agree. It is time for Mount Rushmore because we are coming to the end of this podcast episode. Today's Mount Rushmore is going to be the Mount Rushmore of Mount Rushmore. <laughs> is it? Is it? Because <laughs> I didn't know what? about that. Somebody informed me of something different. Okay. I was just kind of going to start saying that on every episode. Okay. Well, feel free to. <laughs> and then what? when it actually happens, we won't surprise anybody. So, yes, it is time for the Mount Rushmore of football. And today's theme, because it is football, is going to be the greatest player that we have ever seen play in our lifetime, in our opinion, because greatest players are always an opinion base. As much as we want to put stats and stuff into it, that shit don't matter because it's always going to be an opinion. So, our Mount Rushmore, who shall we start with today to put the first face on the Mount Rushmore? And since I had quite a few arguments with him today, we're going to start with Darth Pat. (laughs) All right. Go for it. This is one time where I'm going to be biased, but at the same time, the reasons for my bias, I think, are completely and totally justified. Two letters. L-T. Ladanian Tomlinson? Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that a bunch of announcers just found that there were too many syllables in his name and decided to start calling him L-T as well and that they got away with it was inexcusable. That nickname was permanently ascribed to Lawrence Taylor. And the fact that even somebody who is anti, as anti-New York as you can get as Bill Simmons objected to the other people calling somebody else LT should tell you something. But no, Lawrence Taylor, you know, when I start watching football, you know, it was basically the, the Giants' first Super Bowl seasons, 1986. Taylor wins the defensive MV, the defensive player of the year. He wins the league MVP that year. He's the last defensive player to do that. He was the single most destruct, destructive force in on defense in the history of the NFL. Nobody else has had the impact that he did. Dick Buckus, keep going. I, I knew that was coming. There's, <laughs> there's been guys who have come close. There's been guys like Bruce Smith and Reggie White. And Derek Thomas was kind of an LT clone in some ways, but nobody had the impact that Taylor did. 
when Taylor came into the lake from the first moment he came into the lake, are everybody you, stop, got second, stop, stop. I got to argue with you. Let, let, let him finish. Let him finish. Those guys that had a dick bucket. Make your goddamn dick bucket point, okay? <laughs> let me finish, and then you can make your fucking dick bucket point. <laughs> Bucks was an inside linebacker. Sure, he did a lot of shit. He was not as impactful as Lawrence Taylor was. I wasn't saying Dick that. Buckus, but... Dick Buckus did not force teams to compl- to de- develop completely new blocking schemes to block one player. Taylor did that. Taylor came into the league and from day one, he was draped over quarterbacks' backs to such an extent that every team had to rethink the way they did things. They're like, okay, a linebacker is going to blitz. We'll have the running back block him. Taylor blew through those guys and still got to the quarterback. So then they said, all right, we're going to have to have the guard pull out and block him. You know what he did? He just bull rushed through those guys. Then they said, okay, we're going to have to have the tackles block him. He ran around those guys. Everything that they threw at him, he had a way to counter because he had the combination of the speed where he could take one step and then he could take a second step and he'd be by the guy already. Or he could, just bull, he could just bull rush the guy so completely that he knocked him on his ass. And in a lot of cases, he knocked the guy right back into the quarterback. He didn't sack the quarterback. The damn lineman did. Facts. He could take over games like no other defensive player ever could. There's two games in particular you can go watch the highlights of. It was a Thanksgiving Day game against the Lions in 1982. He pretty much single-handedly won the game in the second half because he forced a couple turnovers, which let the Giants kick a couple field goals. And then he picked off a pass at the goal line and took a 97 yards for an interception return for a touchdown. Then there was a game in 1988 against the Saints where he was playing with a torn pectoral muscle. They had to strap him up into this huge harness. He still had like three sacks and two forced fumbles and basically prevented the Saints from beating the Giants that game. He was unblockable. And it wasn't just about rushing the passer. He could play the run. There's that famous highlight of him against the Saints in 86 where Reuben Mays is running parallel to the line of scrimmage and Taylor chases him down from the blind side all the way to the other side. He could also play pass defense. He would drop back suddenly and then they wouldn't know where he was and then they're throwing the ball to a tight end or a back out of the backfield and all of a sudden he's there hitting the guy and preventing the pass from being completed. There just simply was no other player like Lawrence Taylor. And the tragic thing about it is that if he had been able to stay away from the nose candy, he could have been <laughs> so much better than he was. And he already was the greatest defensive player of all time. <clears throat> he could have done so much more if he had just been able to keep, you know, his own freaking, you know, lifestyle, you know, out of it and everything because he had suspensions. He lost seasons to strikes. But again, there's, like I just said, there are just so many YouTube clips. If you just go to YouTube and you type in Lawrence Taylor, you'll see some shit that you just don't see guys being able to do today. There was nobody like him. Nope, there wasn't. There wasn't. So, in any given Sunday, because Lawrence Taylor was in that movie, was he not? Yes, he was. He was yeah. playing a slightly fictionalized version of himself. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that that's what they purposely did in that movie. It's like... Wow, at least he can joke about himself. It is, but the ironic thing, too, is that I think he was playing more of like an inside linebacker in that when he was an outside linebacker. 
in in real life and everything. So I don't know why exactly they did that, but it seemed like they had him playing more like an inside linebacker in that movie. But yeah, like as far as like the way like his persona was in that movie, yeah, it wasn't a far stretch from the way he was as a player, the reputation yes. that he had given himself. Yes. So we got Lawrence Taylor. Go ahead, Jeremy. Right. You want me to go? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> All right, I'll go. So I am wearing the jersey of the greatest defensive player of all freaking time. Here we go. Fact. Number 92, Philadelphia Eagle. Number three. Reggie White. Now, I will agree with you on one point. Reggie White was not as versatile as Lawrence Taylor. I'll give you that. But if you want to break it down into pure pass rushers, Reggie White is the greatest of all time because he ran through players. Like, I remember watching him as a kid, and I cannot remember, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember uh, offensive having to double-team defensive ends until Reggie White came in the league. That's when I remember seeing defensive ends, you know, defensive tackles getting double-teamed because they were that dominant. You couldn't put one guy on Reggie White. If you did, your quarterback was done. Okay? You had to put two people on him, which opened up avenues for other people. And even when they did put two people on Reggie White, you still saw him get to the quarterback. There's a reason why he's second in the all-time sack leaders, only to Bruce Smith. And Bruce Smith can suck a big fatty who had to stay in the league three extra years to even catch. And he only beat him by two sacks after three extra years. So that tells you how awesome Bruce Smith was. I take nothing away from Bruce Smith, but you ain't the sack leader in my opinion, because you, how many years you had to stay in because they actually came both in at 85 into the league and Reggie White was blowing his blowing him out of the water from the beginning. But anyways, so Pat and I, Darth Pat and I, will have to de- agree to disagree on who the greatest defensive player of all time is. But if you go back and watch Reggie White player play at the defensive end, maybe defensive tackle from time to time, he was dominant. There, there was no front man that I can think of in my lifetime that I've ever seen that was more dominant at that position, could you know, bum rush a quarterback, could get to the quarterback, he was fast enough to do that in his, in his day. You know, he just... He redefined what a defensive end could do. You know, he was, especially in his early years, he was, you know, physical. He was powerful. He was fast. You know, now defensive ends have gone from not just being powerful, heavy guys that they are, most defensive ends are probably in like that 250 range. They're built more like linebackers, but have this much, are much faster now than even linebackers are. And I I truly believe that's because of what Reggie White showed defensive ends could turn into they can be fast pass rushers that are must you know just dominantly powerful guys and just get to the quarterback and really contain the quarterback and running backs so you know when it comes to his stats and i'll just throw a couple out there so um lifetime career stats you know 198 sacks second in the leader to bruce smith once again bruce smith can suck a big fatty um (laughs) You know, tackles looks it's hard to say because the the where I'm getting this football reference, uh, profootballreference.com has his tackles at 1,111, but that's combo tackles. So that's including all solo tackles, any assisted tackles, whatever, you know, um, 
And funny enough, even though I don't really like to count the year that he played for the Carolina Panthers, he had he played all 16 games and he had uh, five and a half sacks, which wasn't really that great. So, you know, his so his last season on that Carolina team, though. Yeah. But so that wasn't the greatest year. But his last season that he played with Green Bay, he had 16 sacks in 16 games. That's a sack a game. That's pretty unheard of. You know, most guys don't have that. But, you know, like I said, for me, yes, it's a homer player. But Reggie White, in my opinion, is the greatest defensive player I've ever seen play the game. Uh, so Pat, let me I am just want to backtrack here. My Dick Buckus point was, <laughs> is my top three linebackers of all time go LT, Buckus and Ray Lewis. Don't put any of those other jabronis that you mentioned <laughs> in the conversation as top five linebackers. That's all I was trying to say. The only other linebacker I mentioned was Derek Thomas. No, you said well, a couple of other ones. Yes, you said a couple of others. You did, Pat. You That's why I started going, what are you doing? What <laughs> other linebackers did I say? I said I was talking about Bruce Smith, Reggie White, and Derek Thomas. That was it. I did oh. not say any linebacker. Okay, maybe I, I – I, there was a cutoff there in your audio. <laughs> so that's why I was like – I heard Derek like Thomas and others. I was like, what? What are you talking about? I'm 95% certain the only other linebacker I mentioned was Derek Thomas. It might have been, but your audio cut, so I didn't hear the rest. So go ahead, like, Joe. Might as well. Go ahead, Theo. Freaking <laughs> I was trying to leave the argument with you and Jeremy. God damn it. <laughs> okay, Taylor was better than Reggie. Plain and simple. Reggie was great. Oh, oh. You can kiss my... <laughs> I'm going to just leave it at that. You can kiss my... <laughs> Uh, uh, I will not. Friend, friendly arguing here, guys. That's all we're doing. Yes, for the most part. Well, you'll never uh, get an you'll never get an Eagle fan and a Giant fan to agree on the answer to that question anyway. So that's just a given. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm glad the team I like is not in your division. That's Me too. For sure. Shit. Okay. Should I go? You want me to go? I'll go. Yep. Yes. Go. So you know. I had three players I could have went with, um, but ultimately I'm going to go with my favorite of all time, which is the greatest running. Listen, I, he's my greatest running back of all time. And that's Walter Payton. If you want to say Jim Brown, I am a okay with that. If you want to say Emmett Smith, I will hit you over the head with a fucking shovel. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you, Joe. I, 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 I hear. So I'll, I'll get to that in a second because Walter Payne had more all pros and more um, Pro Bowl appearances than Emmett Smith. But we'll just keep it at that. Um, he has more Super Bowl rings, but who gives a shit? Um, it, it wasn't Payne's fault that he played on some bad teams. Yeah. You know? So here there, there's multiple reasons. So first off, like it's kind of a bias homer pick, which is fine, but he is one of the greatest running backs of all time. I think he's number one or one A, one B, however you want to put it. Um, besides being able to run, run people over, not fucking skip and jump and do juke moves over to the fucking sideline to get out of bounds. He wanted to run you the fuck over. Um, he was very hard to tackle. Um, you can look at all the clips you want. I watched many of fucking Walter Payton games where he ran over everybody on the defense, no matter who it was. Um, doesn't matter what great player it was, he would run them over as well. Um, you have to take into effect that um, he played on some bad teams. He played with some horrible quarterbacks. When you're 
NNVP season in 1977 when he rushed for over 1,800 yards. Uh, you're the leading rusher in the NFL. You're the MVP in the NFL. And your quarterback barely makes 2,000 passing yards with 13 <laughs> touchdowns and 15 <laughs> interceptions. Does not have one single Pro Bowl polar on offense. Offensive line, nothing at horrible tight ends, horrible wide receivers. And he is was 57% production of that offense in that specific year. Um, I went back and I was looking at stats for like all the great seasons and all the 2000 yard running backs, which they're all great seasons, but I will consider that one of the greatest running back seasons compared to all the other ones due to the fact of the shitty quarterback, shitty wide receivers, shitty offensive line, shitty tight ends. They had an average defense. That team overachieved because of him. Um, he pretty much put them on their back and got them to the playoffs, which fortunately mm-hmm. they lost because you're going to get your butts whooped in the playoffs when you play the better teams. Um, but he pretty much helped them get to the playoffs when they had no goddamn business going to the playoffs that year. So I kind of think he was able to catch the ball. Um, he probably had more touchdowns in a season. Um in his career than some Bears quarterbacks can do in like five games of a season um, or through the first 10 games of the season. Um, he was very versatile. I think he was one of the, uh, he was kind of ahead of the game as being a versatile running backs. There were some old running backs from the seventies and whatnot that were versatile too. Um, but I think he was kind of one of the, the first ones. And then, you know, others came like Roger Craig and stuff like that. Um, I don't consider people try to compare him and Eric Dickerson. I know and not not by a long shot don't don't put those two in the same sentence together because it's it's not going to happen um he's my i think they had a similar running style but that's about it yeah i mean uh, i mean he held a lot of records uh nfl records and he didn't stay in the league to break records he was breaking records in the middle of his career in the prime of his career so that's where I have an issue, and that's another topic with players staying in the league longer than they should to try to break a fucking record because I think like, it, it taints. Like it, Jeremy it, just said, it's, it's yes, kind of lame it, in my opinion. It, it taints it taints the record and, and for me because it's just like you're, you can't just retire and go away um, with the stats you have. You're still going to be considered one of the top people in your position of all time. You have to stay in the game where, you know, break the record and try to make it as long as you can, even though your skills are pretty much 20% of what you're accustomed to. Um, but nonetheless, um, he, he is my guy. He, he did a lot of things, you know, only missed one game in his NFL career. Um, and that was a coaching decision. It wasn't even because he was really hurt. Uh, he was a heart and soul of that team for many years, no matter, mm-hmm. you know, the great defenses they have or, even when they won the Super Bowl, their, their offense was average. They had a really good fullback. You had a Willie Golf that had speed. His hands were iffy. They had a, a possession receiver that was okay. And you had a crazy-ass fucking quarterback with the headband, Jim McMahon, who was just, <laughs> you know, he was Jim average. <laughs> I mean, like, not that I, I – I'm always a defensive guy first, offense is second. But, you know, I have – defense is my main thing and, like, the only people I really like like on offense is running backs. You know, running backs is like my offensive thing. Um, like players I like the most, if you want to put in those terms. Um, I mean, he held a lot of records. He still holds 31 Bears records uh, all time. And we've had Neil Anderson and Matt Forte 
you know, have great seasons with the Bears and they haven't been able to eclipse um, only a handful, a couple of, of his records. So, I mean, he, he's done a lot. I mean, he's had a running style. And, and when you have Jim Brown to this day, you ask him, and I've listened to podcasts and stuff with him on there. He he will say he'll give praise to Emma Smith, give praise to Barry Sanders and all those other guys. But if you ask him who his, his favorite running back or who he thinks is the number one running back without himself, he will say Walter Payton to you all the time. So that comes with a lot of credence when you have the guy, someone else takes your record and, and just has the the career he did and the, the things he did. I just he's he's my number one in my route mushroom guy. Okay. My I think I think I think it's cool that all four of us picked a guy from our team. I think it's cool that we were able it doesn't always work out that way. We were all able to find a guy from our favorite team that we picked in this. I don't think it's always gonna happen that way. Because I'm taking John Elway there was a lot of similarities between John Elway and Walter Payton. He was the heart and soul of the Broncos for how long? He definitely took some mediocre teams back in his early years and put them on his back and took them to the Super Bowl, and then they got their ass kicked. So that probably yeah. means they weren't really supposed to be in the Super Bowl because they got their ass kicked the first three times he went there. Uh, he, he was kind of ahead of his time. He was a mobile quarterback we didn't see a lot of mobile quarterbacks when, when we were younger so he was i mean everybody remembers the clip again in the super bowl against the packers we're gonna see that john elway clip for the rest of our life where he got helicoptered that's a guy oh, yeah. to win the motherfucking super bowl like <laughs> if you were on that team and you did not want to win or, or you were like after that play like everybody on that team was they were winning that game after he did that you're like this fucking guy is doing this shit this guy wants to win. I cried when they won the Super Bowl. I have no shame. I cried that night. That was probably my favorite sports moment of, in my whole lifetime was John Elway winning his first Super Bowl. I, 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 there's not a lot of bad things I can say about him. They beat the Clowns three times in the AFC Championship. So they, the team I hate <laughs> the most in the NFL, Denver kept them from the Super Bowl all three times they had a chance to get there. That's why they still hate John Elway here. I remember in his Hall of Fame induction speech, he said it was the first time he ever got cheered in Cleveland. <laughs> nice. So he was he was a likable guy. I mean, he was kind of a dick when he got drafted, but I think in the NFL, I think he was a likable person. I don't have a lot of, other than people that live in Cleveland, a lot of other people like, like John Elway. Like, I think he was a likable person. I think he, he was somebody that, he was easy to like because he was fearless. He was a fearless quarterback that wasn't afraid to run the ball and wasn't afraid to get hit. And when he finally got help, he won Super Bowls. He just needed that help. I mean, that the Giants team that beat them, maybe the Redskins team was not that good, but the Giants team, the Niners teams that whooped their ass were, were better teams. I don't think the, the Broncos were supposed to be in the Super Bowl those years. He had mediocre receivers. Early in the, mm-hmm. I, they weren't as bad as the team that teams that Peyton played on, but Elway had some stinky teams early in his career, and he was able to do, like it's easier for a quarterback to put a team on their shoulders and run with it than it is for a running back. But Agreed. Yeah. Some of, the, some of the things you said about Peyton, Joe, I think were also with Elway, the heart and soul of the team for a long time. I think that's pretty cool that we can both yeah. say that about our guys. Is like they were that team. 
John Elway is identified with the Broncos for the rest of my life. Yeah, and another thing too was like, you know, I was uh, uh, there was a book with Peyton, and there's like excerpt from there um, from Brett Favre of all people, which it was a really good excerpt that he wrote into the book where, you know, when he was growing up, everyone down south wanted to, like all the running backs that were out there, people wanted to be like Peyton. They weren't trying to be like anybody else. Even like in the early 2000s, um, uh, there was running backs who, you know, how you, who, who do you try to, you know, mimic your game off of? And they're naming like Barry and Emmett and uh, Sean Alexander and some of those other guys. Um, and they're like, no, we, we try to mimic our game off of Peyton. Like these are kids that are, you know, born in the 90s or whatever that are trying to mimic their game off of somebody who hasn't played since 1987. So, you know, those are true football people who are trying to be like the greats and, and picking those type of players, which 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 is good. You know, that shows credence of, you know, who they were and how they played the game. As much as much as all. None of us like Tom Brady. I have to at least. Brady is a winner. As much as I don't like him, I I actually thought about picking him for my Rushmore just because he's a fucking winner and he's he always wins. Yeah. As much as I hate him, I I think Brady probably is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. But I'm still picking Elway because I liked him better and I think he did things that Brady couldn't do. But I'm trying to at least give Brady the credit he deserves, even though I don't like him. Well, if we ever have an honorable mention Mount Rushmore, we can throw Brady on there, okay? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> no, we I all agree it, he is. He is. He. Is, we said it before. He is one of the the greatest quarterbacks that we probably ever seen. But doesn't mean that he has to go on Mount Rushmore, like no, you said. I'm just so trying to give credit where credit is due. I am going to say this, Jeremy. You're not going to like this. Uh oh. I, I I think I have to agree with Pat on the Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White thing. I think I have to agree with Pat on that one. Well, you can agree with who you want to agree with. Doesn't change my mind. Doesn't know, change I'm facts. Because Lawrence saying, Taylor not, only had 132 sacks in his career. I don't I'm not. And a half. I'm not agreeing with either one of you. That's fine. <laughs> it's definitely coming from an unbiased place because I didn't really like either of them. So I'm telling you that if I had to pick one, that's what I would do. I don't like either of them. I'm not going to argue the the stats because it's not worth it. Okay. And that brings us to the end of our show. To recap our Mount Rushmore of greatest players of all time that we've seen play the game of football, we have Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, Walter Payton, and John Elway. Two defensive, two offensive players. Great Mount Rushmore. Another great show. I hope all of you enjoyed it. We are going to go home now. And call it a night, but we do want to thank you guys for tuning in. Yes, so am I. And I believe all of us are home, because we all do this from different locations. (laughs) Why are we going home? I don't get it. You've confused me. Just, can we end it before you two bicker again? (laughs) So messing with my mind, it's his fault. All right, so on that note, we are going to call it a night. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in on YouTube. Thank you for tuning in on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, wherever you're catching this. We do greatly appreciate it. We hope you guys are giving us a like. Hope you guys are giving us a rating um, just to help us find more people. We really do do this just for the fun of it, just to, you know, 
give other people enjoyment as we enjoy the banter and bicker back and forth, especially this episode with me and Darth Pat. Um, (laughs) So with that, I say goodnight to everyone. Orange Cassidy, he's doing the thumbs up. (laughs) We say goodnight, peace, and we'll catch you on the next episode where I believe we are talking about Star Wars. Now, wrestling promos. Oh, we're talking wrestling promos. I'm jumping too far ahead. Yes, you are. So, the wrestling promos is our next topic, so you want to tune in for that because we're probably going to be talking a lot about The Rock's promos because those are some of the best promos that I've ever seen, and Joe does not agree. Okay, so good night, all. Have a nice night. Peace out.